0: You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito.
1: Hey, good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We're happy to have you every Sunday with us at 10 a.m. If this is the first time you've joined, uh, we you know, we welcome you and uh, we hope you get a lot out of this show. This is all about real estate. So whether you're buying, selling, investing, or you're just thinking about dabbling in real estate, what to do, what rules to follow. The rules are changing daily right now. We're going to dive into a lot of great stuff in this show. And every week, we're going to make sure that you are the most up-to-date person that you know about real estate. It's important, right? So with so many frequent changes, we got to keep you posted and in the meantime in between shows you know cuz we're doing this every sunday in between shows you can go to our facebook page facebook.com/dispirito team and you'll go ahead and uh, be updated regularly as well there with blogs videos and everything else so uh, on the line with us we've got Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates and Ted is Good morning. Ted is a top-notch real estate attorney focusing strictly on real estate. We invite him on the show because, again, that's strictly what he does. He doesn't do four or five other practices. That's what he knows. That's what he does. He's licensed here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and also has an office and is licensed in Florida. So this man is very well-versed and uh, in tune with what's going on out there. So Ted, super, uh, super grateful that you can make it on the show today. I know you've been slammed. Things are changing all of the time. And, um, you know, a couple, a couple of months, well, maybe about a month ago, um, you know, closings were completely different than how they are now. And I just want to give a quick, you know, uh, I guess um, a quick preface. Overview. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah a quick overview of like what it looked like before. And then I want to ask you what do closings look like right now? So before you would walk in, you would have the buyer, you'd have the seller, you'd have the buyer's attorney, you'd have the seller's attorney, you'd have the banker, you would have the real estate agent on both ends, right? Uh, yep, I mean, have right. A room, yeah, a room, a full house. Full house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what does the closing process look like as of today?
2: Yeah, yeah, so um, I can tell you that uh, it looks completely different today. Um, you know, uh, it it used to be where, you know, you had a question about a closing, you know, a certain aspect of the closing. Um, you could just answer the question right there on the spot, um, you know, with uh, all the parties that were there. And, and that was uh, convenient. And, you know, we hope that it's going to be back to that, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. But uh, but right now, um, you know, doing a, you know, a closing is really going to be a, a bifurcated process where, you um, we're, we're really we're we're actually just to kind of keep social distancing in play. Um, we're keeping the uh, the agents um, you know available by phone or by email, text um, you know, but not having them come into the closing room. Um, and uh, you know, also typically just having uh, the one party that we are representing um, you know come to the um, the conference room and, and do the signing. So. We're, we're limiting, uh, you know, the other party, you know, to uh, if they're represented by council to uh, to be handled by their own council and then do like a courier or overnight with the uh, the documents um, sent to our office. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's what's happening now. And it's uh, it is really different. Um, and, and, you know, we're also facing uh, changes in in uh, in a lot of the administrative stuff, as you as you may, you know, as we may have done a. Um, uh, a previous show on um, where, uh, you know, the, um, for example, um, you know, the, the, the recordings are done in Rhode Island, at least the closings are done on a uh, municipal level uh, where oh. we're sending the, the documents in, you know, and what we usually do is we have somebody that does the running down to the red, to the municipal, um, you know, offices, town hall, and yeah. uh, we'll do an update of the title um, and then record. Now we're, we, we've got uh, these things called gap affidavits where um, the title search was, presumably done a certain point um, in time, you know, prior to closing, you know, usually when we get the uh, request for the title uh, or, the, or the executed purchase and sales agreement, and then we'll, uh, we'll um, uh, you know, do the search at that point. Um, but now because of a lot of closures when these municipalities, um, you know, we're not necessarily able to just walk in, do that update of the title, we're gonna have to uh, find another, another solution. Which, uh, you know, at, you know, luckily the underwriters, the title insurance underwriters, which is very important, I think, uh, to point out, are stepping up to the plate and, uh, and doing everything they can to try to allow us to, to have these closings take place. Which means um, that they are um, ensuring that gap, that the time period from the time that the uh, title search was initially done um, to the time that the documents are actually supposed to be put on record. Um, That's the that's the gap. But that's also the period of time that traditionally we would close that period by doing an update of the title um, uh, at the um, at the moment that we've concluded the closing, you know, and and uh, and then try to record. So um, so things are a little bit different now. Um, You know, sometimes we have to put documents in a a box um, and then kind of wait a day or so for documents to actually get recorded. Um, You know, it's it's uh, something that is evolving daily. Um, And uh, I wouldn't say it's the new norm, but it's the new norm temporarily.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head there. And uh, who knows how temporary, you know, I'm doing the quotation thing with my fingers uh, uh, that that how temporarily it will be. So, um, and by the way, it's true. true. Yeah and for our listeners if you're just joining this is the desperado team real estate show This show is all about buying selling investing and holding real estate so we've got ted tapuzis with tapuzis and associates here he is uh, an attorney licensed in rhode island massachusetts in connect Cana- and uh, i'm sorry in, in florida and um we're talking about the closing process and it's quite interesting on how it has changed we went from a room full of people down to, you know, just the essential people involved in closing that transaction. Everyone else is on standby. I can tell you, Ted, it, you know, that I don't like I don't like closing like that cuz I like to see my clients to the finish line and I don't get yep. to see my clients after, you know, re- really I I don't the last time I really got to see my clients usually is like if they let us in for a showing or, or something like that, unless or a virtual showing or, or whatever it may be. So uh, we keep the process still pretty intimate through zoom calls. And and obviously we're always on the phone with our clients. We make sure, you know, that they've been funded after their, their home is closed and we're there the entire way through. And if there's any hitch that, you know, if anything happens at the closing, you, you know, the attorneys know to call the realtors. And like I said, we're on standby. So that's good. Let me ask you a couple of questions because you had mentioned gap insurance. So basically, again, for our listeners that just tuned in, gap insurance basically covers the uh, the, the title uh, on, on the property uh, in between when that title can actually be recorded when the town opens back up. OK, because the municipalities have either closed down or they are working on very, very limited hours or, or very limited, um, you yeah. know, Staff, yeah. So you have to either see, like drop stuff off at their office or uh, at the town halls or, or mail it in or whatever it may be. So in between that time period, it uh, could be a few days, it could be a few weeks, whatever months. There's that gap insurance. Ted, is there any extra cost to the consumer for doing the gap insurance?
2: No, no. There's no
1: extra cost.
2: I mean, this is this is the you know the the one uh, time that uh, you know comes to light um you know where you know the uh the title insurance is really such an important component of um of a closing you know and and you know so many times people think oh wow you know the owner's policy is an optional policy it technically is um but if you um decide not to purchase that policy then you don't get the benefit of the of this this gap coverage i mean is, is this something that uh that um you know is always in play no it's not you know but but this is this is one of the things that uh that that um is is definitely a benefit of having the insurance um you know among many other things it's not wow. an extra charge it's it's uh it's something to allow for the facilitation of the closing and uh and all the underwriters are um are, are you know providing this coverage at the moment and, and the way it's done is, is uh, an affidavit that is signed by both of the parties um, that basically, you know, uh, you know, puts on, uh, you know, uh, in, in a uh, in an affirmed statement um, yeah. that, uh, that under oath that uh, they don't have any issues that that uh, that you know would be discovered um, upon doing an update of the title, um, you know, that uh, that we weren't aware of, um, you know, prior to closing. You know, yeah. so you know we're we're there, we're we're gonna you know the the presumption is that we're gonna go and record and not find
1: any surprises. Of course, I mean I'm sure you know I'm sure that there's I'm sure <laughs> we're recording from home, right? So my dog is over here, like doing dog things, making dog noises. I don't know if you guys can hear that on the other end. Yeah, I can't hear it. Right. Oh God, but uh, but anyway, so. <laughs> So, Ted, so um, I presume that there's going to be probably some some issues, you know, hopefully fewer and further between, but the, the gap insurance covers it. So once that gap insurance covers it, I mean, the sellers are completely off the hook. They're, they're done. Yep. Yeah, we can disperse. Okay. We, can, uh, we
2: can, you know, just allow the time that it takes to record the documents, you know, um, you know, transpire. Um, and and we, work is being done. I mean, these, these municipalities might be close to the public, but that doesn't mean that they're not working. They're, they are working behind the scenes, um, yep. and it's just taking a little bit longer. Like you said, it's either cut hours, cut staff, maybe a combination of both that's affecting everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And it's and-
2: slowing things down. You know? So, I mean, and it's, that's across the board. You know, Amelia, I wanted to mention as well, you know, uh, it's not a bad time to buy. It's not a bad time to be in the market. Um, you know, you just have to be a little more lenient, both a buyer and a seller, to realize that, hey, um, you know, where, where it would have maybe taken, um, you know, like three to five days to get a title search in, maybe usually closer to three than five. Um, now it might take a week. You know, it might take a little bit more time. Um, you know, so everybody's got to be a little bit more mindful of that you know, that uh, municipal um, uh, certificates are taking a little longer because the staff is just not there. You know, the yeah. request may be made right away. You know, um, you know we're not sitting on these things, but it does take a little time on the other end to get it back. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Wow. Great. You bring up some good points. Great, Ted. Thank you so much. And, you know, if somebody wants to reach You're out welcome. to you, uh, they can go ahead and uh, how do they find you? What's your website, Ted?
2: Um, my, my website is www.cademy.com t-a-closing-law.com t-a-closing-law T-A, yeah, Tapuzas and Associates but it's t-a-closing-law.com oh, way good. too long, so
1: I, I try, you know, I try so in <laughs> Google, I try Tapuzas and Associates right, on Google and it, it, it Google has a hard time with Tapuzas, it really is yeah. what, uh, all you gotta remember is T-A. strange Greek
2: name, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 so say that website again when we're to ta closing
2: sure. It's uh, TAClosingLaw.com.
1: All right. Awesome. All right. So our listeners, if you guys have any questions at all, reach out to Ted and his team. They're absolutely fantastic. Ted, we, uh, we appreciate you being on here. Actually, we got to cut to a quick commercial break. If you want to stick with us, I've got a few minutes in the next segment. I kind of want to kick around some, some uh, market information with you. Uh, stay with yeah. us. Hey, we're going to be right back here on the Dispirito Team Real Estate Show. This is NewsRadio 920, 104.7 FM, streaming on iHeartRadio, and you can also find us on SoundCloud. We'll be right back after these quick messages.
0: Now back to the Dispirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 104.7 FM, also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us. It's Emilio Dispirito, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. If you missed any parts of the show and you want to hear them or see them, you can check out our videos on facebook.com backslash Disperito Team, or you can go ahead and Google Dispirito Team and uh, check out our SoundCloud podcast. We're also on iHeartRadio as well. Check that out. Uh, we've got all of our past shows on there. So we're on the, on the the uh, on Zoom actually right now. Uh, you know, uh, airing. And uh, we've got Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. He is a real estate. Good, Good morning, sir. He's a real estate attorney licensed here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and also Florida. Uh, and uh, Ted and I, last segment, we were talking about how closings have changed. A lot of great information there. And, uh, you know, the market, the market somehow has stayed pretty consistent, even though, Ted, there are, you know, fewer buyers, but also fewer sellers, right? So th- there's a weird paradigm like going on right now. And it's just the fact that the amount of inventory is still very low, and the amount of buyers is still higher than the amount of inventory out there. I mean, you guys are still closing like crazy. Um, you know, again, the closing process is completely different. I'm curious because you're kind of you're kind of at you know, the point in time where buyers are coming in doing title searches, you know, the lenders are working with you, then you take them to the closing. I'm pretty right. curious what you're seeing on your end. What what percentage, if any, uh, or, or at all, has, has dropped off in the amount of volume that's coming in? Well, I
2: mean, I think... Uh traditional closing work has definitely dropped off a little bit. I think, uh, you know, we're not seeing as many, um, but we are seeing, um, orders. So it's not, it's not like it's dropped off completely zero. Um, at, it's just, it has slowed down.
1: What do you see? Like 10%, 20%, 30%. What do you, what are you seeing as far as, you know, the industry wide you and your, your colleagues, other attorneys? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, I would say you I mean a drop. I would probably have to say that, uh, Definitely a thirty percent, maybe maybe even forty percent drop. Um, yeah. To be realistic, because um, it was very busy at, uh, prior to the uh, uh, the announcements of the closures. Um, you know, pretty steady, and now we see uh, more refi um, uh, orders, title orders coming in. You know, pretty steady uh, when it comes to that. Um, yeah. And there are also um, mixed in there um, traditional closings. But, but I would say it's definitely dropped off probably a good, you know, 30 to, to let's say 40%.
1: Yep, absolutely. So what, so one of the things we're looking at all the time is we're, we're, we're gauging, like, where are we for the month on the Desperado team? Where are we for the week? You know, and, and we always look back seven days, three days, 30 days, like, you know, because you can never be too current with this, with this situation. Right. So, so, uh, we looked back for the month. We're actually seeing more buyers coming in, but we're at a different type of, of place, right? There's a lot of people searching online. Those people may or may not be ready to buy. Uh, so we, we've actually seen traffic increase there. But ultimately, we've and 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 you know, and we've seen traffic on our team increase. However. I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's because there are a lot of real estate agents who are, you know, and rightfully so, who are like, you know what, I'm not comfortable working right now. We're going to go ahead and kind of just take the time off. So what happens is even if there's, you know, 30% fewer buyers, you know, and there's less realtors, the realtors that are there are getting busier. So the realtors that are there and that are working aren't really feeling the effects so much right now. But in my estimation, I would say there's probably one third fewer buyers out there. But there's also between 30 and 40% fewer homes out there. So again, we're just falling under the same situation that we were in before. Nothing has really changed. Like I said, it's a paradigm because, it's you kind know, of we lateral. still have Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we still have that lack of inventory. It's really interesting. I didn't know. it would, I didn't really think it would pan out exactly like that. But there's still a demand out there, and I think it's because people know, like, hey, look, those homes that were on the market or have been on the market for 60 days or 90 days, like, those are the ones to go after and get the deals on, right? Those are the ones that buyers are going in and getting decent deals on. The houses that are turnkey, that are prepared, that are ready, that are staged, that did pre-list home inspections, that are clean, that don't have a lot of repairs, that are updated, that are moving ready, those houses are going still at top dollar right now. And uh, pretty much in, in most markets, houses that are
2: turnkey do. You know, the, the other thing I wanted, I wanted to mention, too, is that the rates are still like uh, probably, uh, you know, historically the lowest ever. Um, you know, which is definitely helping. It's got to keep people engaged. Um, you know, that's, you uh, uh, I know this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not a loan officer, but I would imagine like from a, from a, uh, you know, a real estate professional standpoint, you know, it, um, be, lower rate means more house, you know, that, that they can buy and yeah. you can afford. And so that's got to keep people, you know, still, you know, plugged into the, the market and, and, uh, and hopefully, Engaged to for when, uh, you know, these these, uh, you know, orders are lifted, you know, we'll uh, we'll see the, uh, you know, th- them being first in line to, to hopefully, you know, pick up whatever's out there. Yeah, I don't know what that does in terms of price points, but, you know, I would
1: think that it probably allows them to, you know, buy more house. So if I could sum that into like 20 seconds, I mean, as far as price points go. Providing that the, the, the market stays consistent as to where it has been, okay, and, and it remains a seller's market, prices are going to appreciate. If the market, if there becomes more supply than the demand, or if it levels out, if it levels out where there's just as many buyers as sellers, the market's going to plateau. And if it happens where there's more buyers than, I mean, more sellers than buyers, then prices are going to come down. I don't really see that, that effect really happening at at this moment. We continue to see a huge demand from millennials who make up roughly 40% of all buyers and also baby boomers, you know, they're they're, they're downsizing and buying. So millennials and baby boomers are fighting for that same home, believe it or not. Okay. And, um, it's pretty interesting what's happening there. So if you have a home in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, even Connecticut that's priced between say 150,000 and 500,000, you're you're probably highly likely to be getting buyers. And and I would even take that five maybe 400. Yeah, I'd say 150 to 400,000. That's a hot hot price range, okay? Uh, I was thinking 500 cuz mass is a little bit higher, right? But you're bumping into a lot, a lot of buyers in those price ranges. So we've got to actually cut to a very quick commercial break. We have a fantastic guest coming on. His name is Rob Hahn. He is a top notch real estate blogger and consultant speaks at a ton of industry events. And we're going to be talking about the psychology behind real estate and what is happening right now. And are these effects here to stay? But before we do that, I want to thank Ted Tapuzis, our, uh, our guest here with Tapuzas and Associates, real estate attorney licensed in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. What a fantastic resource. And if you're looking for any additional information or to contact this gentleman, you can go ahead and call us direct, 401-217-2333. We'll put you in touch with them. Again, 401-217-2333. Ted, thanks for being here with us. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me on, Emilio.
0: Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us today. This is Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We're glad to have you here. We had a really great show earlier on. If you've missed any of it, feel free to check it out and like our Facebook. Facebook.com backslash Despirito Team. So we've got a fantastic guest here with us today. I'm really excited. Uh, this gentleman is extremely well-known throughout the industry uh, uh, internationally and, and very much so here nationally. I saw him as a guest uh, a keynote speaker at the HomeSmart International Growth Summit uh, that we recently had in Vegas. And I said, you know what? I gotta have this gentleman on our show. He's fantastic. Uh, He did a wonderful job and uh, is really on the cutting edge of what's happening in the real estate market. So now more than ever, we need these types of people uh, and types of professionals to give us information, you know, from a very, a very, I would say a macro standpoint, right? He's looking at it from 30,000 square feet. So, you know, his name is Robert Hahn and he is the managing partner of 70S Associates in Marketing. It's a marketing and technology and strategy Consultancy uh, focusing on the real estate industry. Now, Robert is a veteran of the online world since the pre-Netscape internet. Wow, that's a long time. And uh, <laughs> and he got into real estate, uh, the real estate industry at Realogy, which is a, a large, large real estate company with many names under it, and overseeing their interactive marketing and technology for the commercial brand. So at 7DS, his focus is helping clients take an integrated evidence-driven approach to real estate, combining strategy, marketing operations, and technology. And again, he's a frequent speaker at industry events. And uh, he also writes on Inman uh, as, as as one of the the bloggers on Inman. He does a fantastic job. And Inman, if you don't know, is the leading online news source for real estate. So needless to say, I'm honored to have you on the show with us, Robert. Thanks very much for coming on.
3: Oh, thank you, Amelia, for inviting me. This is a wonderful opportunity, uh, and yeah, interesting. It,
1: it is. It is. So you know, we're we're in some interesting times, and there's a lot of there's a lot of questions out there that realtors are having that people that that even I'm sure even you know um, people who are running iBuyer companies or the consumer. Mm-hmm. And one point you, you you said you wanted to to hit and drive home with was the psychological and cultural change on housing. I mean, how right. is that? What can, can you dive into that? What exactly, what are your thoughts on the psychological and cultural change on our housing market, Robert?
3: Right. So, I mean, this is something that I guess we're going to find out, right, as, as we come out of this whole lockdown situation. But I think the biggest lasting impact of all of this is how are consumers going to think about housing and how are consumers going to think about the process of you know buying or selling a house so the most important one really is i think about this all time and i wish and it's awesome really that you have a radio show that goes out to consumers right because one of the top questions i've got is say you want to sell your home right going forward how do you feel about potentially 50 strangers walking through your house right that becomes like one of the biggest things Where I sit right now, my sense is, and again, I'm just drawing this from, you know, myself and some of my friends who are not in the real estate industry. You know, I try to speak to them and say, you know, what do you guys think about this? My sense right now is because we've just spent so much time, you know, six weeks, you know, in some cases longer, um, being told that other people are bad for our health. Hmm. Social distancing, wear masks, you know, wash hands constantly, you can't gather I mean, the underlying message is that other people are bad for our health. If that's the case, then I do think that we're going to have a pretty significant psychological and cultural change throughout the country, yeah. where if I'm selling my home, I don't want that many people walking through it, which then changes, you know, think about like things like open houses, think about the showing process, right? The way it used to be BC, you know, before COVID
0: <laughs> um,
3: versus what it will be, you know, afterward, right? Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest changes, but that has been implications. If we indeed get to a point where sellers start saying, you know what, Um, we have all sorts of online tools. We've just spent six weeks, you know, using online tools for everything from, you know, business to, you know, working remotely to, you know, cocktail parties with friends. You can view my home virtually until you are a very serious shopper. Right. Yeah. And we're already starting to see that in some, in some markets. Like, you know, I'm in, I'm based in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke to some, uh, you know, top agents in, in the Las Vegas market and what they talk about is they went to things where you would have a conditional offer. Right. So someone would write an offer, but that's contingent upon, I get to view the home physically in the next three days.
1: Sure. Right. Yeah. We're doing some stuff of that. like that.
3: Yeah. yeah. So if we see that kind of change, then, you know, really everything that we've known about real estate kind of changes fundamentally. And one of the fallouts from that, from my standpoint, is it makes vacant homes much more valuable than they are today. Does yeah. that make sense? Right. Well, so from a seller. Yeah. From sellers and buyers standpoint, vacant homes are awesome. Uh, you know, a home where family still living there, you know, less desirable just from a, a process standpoint. Which then says to me, and I wrote a post on this uh, recently, and by the way, like I, most of my writing is done on my blog, which is the Notorious Rob, because I'm a fan of Biggie Smalls being that's from New York out. and all, <laughs> uh, you know, like, I actually think what this means is when we come out of this, the entire eye buying phenomenon is going to accelerate accelerated by a couple of years. And I think it's something that we're going to see, you know, maybe not in your area, because I think you're in Rhode Island. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we are in Rhode Island. So, yeah, I don't see it really happening in sort of the New England uh, states for a variety of reasons, but I do think it's going to really take off in the rest of the country.
1: And what was that thing? Would you say I buyers? I'm sorry, I missed that.
3: Yeah, iBuyers, market makers, that whole model, because the idea is let's actually have a vacant home, right? Yeah. You know, in between the period when someone owns that home and, you know, someone buys that home. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think it places an enormous value on having a vacant property. If psychological and cultural changes are enough, uh, where people say, you know what, um, I'd much rather, you know, not have to walk through a house where somebody's living, and I don't know what their, you know, health conditions are, I don't know what their hygienic conditions are, yeah. as well as if I'm a seller, I don't know who's coming to my house. You know, I'd rather avoid all that. I do think that that becomes one of the biggest changes that comes out of this
1: so you know so so what what is the the thought is it takes about what 66 days to perform to to get into a new habit right so right I, and that's i i googled this right so according to this website i think it's james clear right it said 66 days is the first thing that pops up on google now you know i don't disagree with you that i think people are going to have this kind of new phobia i hate to call it mm-hmm. that, right I hope it doesn't last. I really don't. And but and I don't disagree with what you're saying, Robert, but I, I kind of have another take on it. And I'd like to share sure. it. I'd love to hear your thought on this, right? So my take is that yes, we might be in this temporarily and it might be say 66 days or so. And I do believe that there's a certain part of the market that is gonna, you know, just stay with this type of style. And they may convert to doing the i buyers, which by the way, for our, our listeners iBuyers are a a company that will basically virtually purchase your home. There are fees associated. As of right now, it costs a little bit more to have them help you, uh, you know, versus a realtor. Um, Some may argue that we can go into details either later on, if we have time here (laughs) or on another show, or you can read Robert's blogs, uh, uh, which by the way, he says, iBuyers are going to own 60% of the market share. I would like to think that's not true, but it, it may be. But anyways, by 2024. But anyways, where I'm getting at this is that there's a huge market segment right now, Robert, uh, the, the millennials. And you're talking about right. placing conditional offers. And that is one segment that is not comfortable as first-time and even second-time buyers. They I have not seen them comfortable placing condition offers until they actually – Physically see that property, and I know that's one segment of the market that really wants their handhelds and and really wants that type of service and and guidance through it. And I do believe that uh, generation, the next generation, was that gen, Generation Z, Gen Gen Z, Z, yeah, Gen Z. While they're super tech savvy, I think they they need more hands on mentoring than than even the millennials do. So I'm curious at what your take is on on those. Those two generations and what you see coming from those two generations in the in the coming future from this. Sure,
3: uh, and it's it's you know what the question you ask is actually really really complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but I'm gonna try and like let's really deal with kind of your core question. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you 100 percent that the millennials and Zoomers, Gen Z or whatever they're called uh, now, you know, tend to want more guidance and more handholding. Um, but the, the, the issue here is stuff like buyers, stuff like, you know, um uh, type of models. And by the way, there's a different iBuyer model that we should talk about, which is more the knock and fly homes model. Okay. Uh, those don't imply that you don't have a professional realtor helping you. It just means that you could have a professional realtor helping you and then still do the transaction, but with this middle, um, middle step that doesn't really exist in most of the country right now. Yeah. Um so for example, you know, with the traditional classic iBuyer market maker model, which is where the company buys your current home and you're the seller, you could actually have a realtor helping you uh navigate that, you know, evaluate the offer, so on, because you're certainly going to want to have a realtor help you buy your next home. Right. Um on the other side, you know, you have the knock and fly homes model of iBuyer where it's I own the home, I list with you, right? You're my realtor. Yeah. And then you buy the next home for me. So we go shopping for my new house because you got to live somewhere, right? I'm not going to just sell my house and you know <laughs> live on the street. So you're going to buy my next house. And now my, the house that I own is vacant. And you're going to sell that house for me. Do you see what I'm saying? Got so you. this, again, for your, for your listeners, I think it would be worth going and researching companies like NOC like fly homes, there are these types of models, which if you think about it, they're not really the Zillow open door Ibar model. What they are is a little bit more like um, a bridge loan, effectively. Yep. Uh, so I, I think what we're going to see is, you know, the value of vacant homes rise because the psychological cultural changes. It doesn't mean that realtor and really competent real estate professionals' advice or help is any less necessary. It's just necessary in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. That's the first point. Second point, as far as the millennials and Zoomers are concerned, you're right. I mean, maybe they're saying, I'm not writing any conditional offers, et cetera. On the flip side of it, we also know that those, those younger folks are far more comfortable with, you know, I guess we'll call it sort of the virtual life, mm-hmm. right? So if things like you know, uh, really good 3D tours are available, if things like, you know, especially when you're working with a, a top team and they say, listen, we can do a FaceTime walkthrough of this property. Because seller knows, like I've already been in the seller's home, the seller trust me, I will go do that walkthrough. And then, you know, we can sort of look at every closet, you know, that way yeah. for you to decide that house is good enough. I do want to see it in person. I could see something like that happening. I could see the millennials and zoomers saying, okay, you know, I, I could sit in my living room and view 30 homes, right? And then pick the three that I really want to see in person. And if I have to write this conditional offer, fine, you know because I'm not writing it my, my realtor's writing it for me I could see that happening and then the final piece is you know i I've, I've been I've been super interested in millennials for the longest time and I think I have to start getting interested in gen Z yes uh, one of the things i would point out there is it's not clear to me how many of them are actually going to to buy houses going forward I simply agree. because we're entering this unprecedented time of, of uh recession uh, you know just Right. Yeah. Uh, and we're speaking, you know, in the middle of one of the, you know, black swan events. Uh, we just don't know. Now, hopefully, hopefully we come out of this very quickly. Right. And hopefully we do have a rebound. We've you know, we sort of recapture a lot of what was lost during this lockdown period. But already we know with six weeks into this, you know, that, you know, there are going to be a lot of small businesses, a lot of restaurants that close. We know there's going to be some economic pain associated with it. Oh, yeah, um, And we it, it, we just don't know what, what the future holds for somebody who is 22, 20, you know, graduating college this year. We just don't know what, what the employment prospects are going to be like for them. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, that's why I'm saying it's such a complicated question. But in terms of the real estate industry, in terms of housing, uh, you got to live somewhere. I do think there's going to be some real interesting changes, especially when we're talking about millennials. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about millennials and white collar jobs who have money you know, who are who have the financial capability to buy houses um, and I'll kind of lead into it one of the things i'm I'm sort of projecting is that I think we could see exurban and country properties become extremely attractive particularly to millennial first time home buyers
1: okay. okay so 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 basically you know past the suburbs you're you're looking you know at A longer commute, so a little bit of a longer commute. That's right. (laughs) Okay, go on.
3: Right, my premise there is very simple. I mean, so let's say I'm a 30-year-old lawyer, right? So, you know, I'm I'm younger, I'm a millennial, but I've got money. You know, I can afford to buy a home. But I had to, I've been, uh, before COVID, I had to, you know, drive into Providence, you know, (laughs) to go to my job. Through this period, what we're seeing, and there's a lot of uh, sort of business articles that are coming out talking about, it turns out remote work is pretty productive. Maybe it's not 100%, but it might be 90%. And a lot of the companies are looking at the money they're spending on office rent and questioning it. So if we get to a point where, listen, I'm gonna telecommute, I'm going to work remotely over Zoom and phone and email and everything else, uh, four days of the week, and I'll come into the office one one day a week, you know, or I just come into the office for big meetings that I have to have in person. Yes. Well, if that's the case, I'm not computing anymore. And I could, I could potentially live an hour and a half, two hours away from where my job is. Wow. At that point, if I'm 30, right? And I'm looking at, and again, I have some money, right? Um, and I'm looking at a home that maybe that's one and a half million dollars, you know, for, you know what I mean? Like for a really smaller starter home type of deal, or I could move two hours away, past the ring of suburbs and now I'm getting a five acre spread yeah. at for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like I I think we're going to see that sort of thing, which you know, we really haven't talked about a whole lot. And especially for first time home buyers, I think that becomes really attractive. And I do see some of those guys saying, Hey, I can remote I can work remotely. You know, this COVID experience has taught us all, you know, how to do that. I'm gonna move two hours away. Wow, I could really see that happening.
1: That, yeah. That's that's absolutely intriguing. You know, I, I've never, you know, Robert, I haven't heard anybody else bring that up, but it makes <laughs> a ton of sense, and it almost makes me want to go on those those land auction sites and start yeah. buying up tracts <laughs> of land, right? Like, yeah, wow, that's that's and you know
3: something to think about for you guys, like because you're you know one of the top teams in the entire state. Maybe you start building some relationships with people up, and I don't know. Uh, Up in New Hampshire, (laughs) maybe start forming some some networks with folks who are kind of in those more rural exurban counties, right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Who knows? Absolutely, man. So that that is totally intriguing. Let me ask you something because we're we're uh, we we are actually past our our uh, our time, but we're going to go ahead and just this run on our podcast. Uh, It won't all hit radio, but Rob, let me ask you: Is there any? current market right now where this is happening is there an example of where this is happening is it you know is it like um, out in like milwaukee area or is it out like yeah where do you see this have have you seen this successfully happening so
3: obviously it's i haven't seen it happen at any scale right if you think about it because this COVID thing is brand new what i have seen though and i've heard from some of you know some of my friends and colleagues Um, who are more exurban is I've heard it happening in Pennsylvania and New Jersey.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
3: So yeah, because apparently, you know, there are, if if you're say an hour and a half, if you drive an hour and a half out to the Philadelphia, right. You get, you get into some really exurban areas, right. Like Delaware water gap area. And I have heard from people that some of the younger folks are moving out there because they have the types of jobs that, that they can do remotely. You know, there might be graphic designers computer programmers things of that nature mm. right so they can afford to buy but they can't afford to buy in center city philadelphia or you know in like the the immediate ring of suburbs right around it because it's just out of their price range yeah. whereas if they moved into a little bit more exurban and rural areas then they can't afford to buy so i've heard you know again it's it's much more sporadic uh, I have heard from brokers and agents that they are seeing, you know, these sort of younger first-time home buyers coming out to them from the city because they have the types of jobs they can do remotely. Yeah. What I'm suggesting is that trend gets supercharged right? as the millennials and the Gen Z and and maybe even others, maybe even Gen Xers like me, look at it and go, well, I can work remotely. Why don't I trade in this 1100 square foot, you know? <laughs> tiny little house and one tenth of an acre, you know, uh, for half, $500,000. And why don't I go buy a five acre farmstead? You know what I mean? Like I could really see that happening, uh, depending on, depending quite frankly, on what happens to the way we work. And I think one of the things that we are going to see a fundamental change on is way we work. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're seeing it as a, as a, as a realtor. I mean, did you, could you have ever imagined you do so much remotely and virtually,
1: you know I mean? uh, actually, actually, you know, I, I didn't think we would see it this quick, but I, I mm-hmm. it, it's it's basically what I had imagined the industry turning into a few years down the yes. road. You know, like you said, yes. with virtual walkthroughs. Like I'm doing listing appointments right now, Robert, where people are taking their phone and walking me through their home, and I'm typing notes, taking screenshots, and I'm telling them I'm doing this, and then I can prepare yep. market value analysis for them, and. It's it's just unbelievable. Like so, yep. yeah. We may not even have to step foot in a home to sell it in the near future. Uh, right That's now, right. we're already actually doing it. So yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's been absolutely fascinating. Um, definitely, and I think I think right. and I think it's only going to improve. I really do. I think it's only going to improve the consumer experience. And and I agree with you. I think there's a lot of disruptors that are going to be coming in and offering the consumers more options and. I could, man, I would love to have you back on the show again to talk about iBuyers and your thoughts on that. Yeah. Really, really Be happy cool. to. I mean, so here's
3: the thing, though. It's something I would, you know, sort of tell you, tell the audience, because I know the audience is a mix of professionals and consumers. Yes. I mean, I really think we have to stop thinking of things in terms of disruptors or somehow anti. Look, the, the real trend that's going to happen, the real trend that's going to really accelerate because of COVID is the, the rise in dominance of agent teams like you guys. Yeah. And this is a piece that people don't quite like when we talk about all these disruptors, whether we're talking about iBuyers like Zillow or you know other types of quote disruptors, like none of those disruptors have said anything like, We want to get rid of real estate agents, you know. What they want to do is work with top notch team leaders. What they want to work with are top notch agent team institutions who are organized. It can provide that level of consumer service. So the real problem in the industry going forward is, let's say we have the top 20% of real estate agents and brokers who are really well organized, really well operated. Like you had mentioned, they are already set up to do things like virtual listing appointments. You know, you have staff, you've got, you know, you've got the technology, you've got all of these resources. What happens to the other 80%? That becomes a real question, Right. So if I'm a consumer and I could say, okay, I know 11 real estate agents, but only one of them is really a top-notch team, you know, after we come out of this whole thing, do I still go, well, you know, my cousin is a realtor, so I'm going to use him, even though he doesn't have 3D cameras, he doesn't have staff, he doesn't have anything. I mean, I don't know what happens with that. So I think what I would encourage people to think about as we, you know, sort of look forward, say six months a year, is... The real disruptors are not the Zillow's and Open Doors and these guys. They have like fraction of market share. Mm-hmm. The real disruptors are top-notch agent teams. Okay, yeah. that to me is is the thing that a lot of folks in the industry are simply missing. And we'll see if the consumer sort of picks up on that as we come out of this, because I think there's going to be huge difference in consumer experience
1: yes.
3: whether I'm working with a top team, you know, top pro. Where I'm working with somebody who does three deals a year.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And the fact of the matter yeah. is, we, we've got proof. We track the MLS, Robert. You know, and all mm-hmm. across the country do. And you know, like like our team here in Rhode Island, we're selling homes with three times fewer days on market, between five right. percent higher sales prices. So there's there's a big right and right. all of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
3: and those things are all just going to amplify and get even more when we come out of this. Is, is sort of my take on things. You know, we're not going to go back to the days when, you know, you just hire your cousin, they, he sticks a yard sign and then sells it. Like, it's just not going to happen. I, I don't see it happening. I think, you know, consumers, whether they're buyers or sellers, going to need a hell of a lot more support. They're going to need, you know, the types of things that you and
1: your team can bring. And so we'll see what happens to the, the other 80% absolutely if anything you know i i i want to leave our 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 podcast listeners and and what i want to leave everybody with this thought right right now real estate mm-hmm. like the wild wild west man there is <laughs> a tremendous yeah. amount of opportunity i got to tell you once this this covid thing hit and, and by the way of course it's sad yeah. but, you know of course but but i can tell you americans more than any anyone else take times like this and make opportunity out of it there's always the people that make opportunity out of out of out of bad things right mm-hmm. and i mean that you know i don't mean that in a negative way i mean it you know what i mean right so i know yeah yeah opportunity and crisis it's always the story So, so you know i'm, I'm connected in, in the tom ferry network and whatnot and that's a that's a big time real estate coach here and there's a a, a big network of agents top agents all around the country and You know, I've noticed something with with my team and with other leading teams and whatnot is we have all ramped up our marketing. We've realized Mm -hmm. that so many of the large real estate companies, like even like Zillow and all these other big players who dumped billions and billions of dollars in pay-per-clicks and Facebook ads and all that stuff have scaled back for the time being. They've laid people off. So this is Mm -hmm. an opportunity right now to really focus on being that in the spotlight if you are a local team. And the teams that have done it have done very, very well. I mean our, our business is exponentially higher than it was last year. And that's going to continue to grow because of all of the opportunity out there. So I really want to leave our uh yeah. guests with that. Okay. And regardless all right. of what industry they're in, I think that there's some some huge growth potential here for for everybody. I really do. So Robert Really appreciate you being on here. Uh, And again, if you guys want to check them out, check out Google, the Notorious Rob. Google his blog. uh, Robert Hahn, Managing Partner of 70S Associates. Any any, uh, closing remarks, Robert?
3: No, I think I just want to echo what you said. Thanks for having me on. And I think the thing to keep in mind for everyone is uh, within every crisis, there's opportunity. And it will be the folks who adapt the fastest and can be the most creative and innovative that's going to win out of this.
1: You you beautifully summed that up within about two sentences, what took me two paragraphs. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> Wonderful talking with you, Robert. Keep up the great work. And uh, we'd, we'd love to have you back on the show again. Some future absolutely. Time. Enjoy that new Absolutely. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Emilio. Okay, bye now. Take
1: care. Bye-bye.
0: Now, back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see what's going, what's,
1: going what's, going what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the show. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We've got every single week with us uh, since we started. We've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. And she's here with us uh, to talk about, I would, Jen, are you talking about five things that you could do from home again today? Is that is that what yes. we're talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Virtual That's, fun. Virtual fun. Cool. Uh, you know, we could all use some of that. So what's up? What do we got?
4: So um, I don't know if you've been to the Wicked Tulip Gardens before, but they have a new location and um, they, they have tons of tulips blooming, um, but you can join them virtually through their Facebook page. And you can get behind the scenes tours, you can get some interviews, you can get some bloopers, um, and you just get access to all the content they have going on there. And of course you get to see all the beautiful tulips blooming um, from the safety of your own home. And you can join, there's a $10 fee, and obviously that's to help support the businesses during these times. So um, once you join a private Facebook page, you'll have access to everything they have going on. They've relocated to the old Shartner's Farms, which is, you know, it's a massive field. So I'm sure it's beautiful. Also take a drive by because that's a safe thing to do. So, so I would suggest, um, you know, but I, I think supporting them is, is very important in times like this. So you can join them on their private Facebook page. Um, if you're looking to stay fit during these times, I do this every morning during the week South County Adventure Boot is for women, but I will research other fitness um, stuff for next week, too, because I think it's important, but they've gone virtual and interactive through Zoom. Wow. So every morning 5 30 6 30, 7 30 8 30 or 9 30 you can join um, you know pick your time slot and it's an hour workout. It's awesome. It's like having a personal trainer in your basement because I do it in my basement but um, and they're donating some of their proceeds to the Johnny Cake Center as well. So they're they're trying to do great things um, with it and it's it's awesome. so it's keeping me sane um, So if you're looking for something like that um, the Providence Flea spring markets have been recreated in an online marketplace. So you can join flea vendors virtually and support them. Um, You can go to Providence Flea's Instagram. It's at Providence Flea on Sunday, May 3rd. And I think they're doing several other Sundays um, from 11 to 3 p.m. And you can see interviews with the vendors and learn about their products there. So so that's a great way to support our local vendors virtually. Um, Mondays, you can join Michelle Vitale for a creative pause um, for self-care while we stay at home, I think this is also important. Um, it's a virtual series to support self-care through this uncertain times. Gather for a Zoom connection from 5 to 6.30, there'll be meditation, there'll be journaling, um, there'll be guest speakers, and just in general, it's meant to create a safe space for you to just take care of yourself and and connect with others and stay social and think about you know your well-being.
2: All right.
4: And um, last but not least, this is for musicians and people who wanna to listen to music. Uh, Perks and Corks in Westerly is doing an online open mic. So from 9 to 11 p.m. on Mondays, um, you can join in there and musicians are able to do, um, I think it's two songs or 10 to 12 minutes. So if you're a musician, all the guidelines on how you join are there. But if you're just interested in, you know, perhaps pouring an at-home cocktail Mm -hmm. or martini and uh, joining for some open mic, you can do that on Mondays at Perks and Corks and that's also on their Facebook page.
1: Fantastic. And uh, cool, this is all happening at riblogger.com. So please check that website out. It's fantastic. And uh, you you get some good ideas of what to do with the family or the kids or even for yourself, riblogger.com. And I bet you must be like itching for things to turn back to normal so you can post about all these events. I
4: know, I know. But you <laughs> don't realize it until things change so dramatically how much you're like, oh, I just miss going to the grocery store like normal, you know? It's, it's like, you know, but it'll uh, get there.
1: It will. We will get back. So, uh, so good stuff, Jennifer. I appreciate you being innovative and really like helping us out here during this time. So again, riblogger.com, check it out. Thanks, Jen.
4: Thanks. Have a great week.
1: You're welcome. You too. Thank you. Awesome. Great show today. I'd like to thank uh, Ted Tapuzas with Tapuzas and Associates. I'd also like to thank Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. I'd like to thank Robert Hahn uh, with uh, the managing partner at 7DS Associates. Fantastic guy. Ton of information. Uh, And uh, Jack, our producer, and most importantly, you, our listeners, and the whole Desperado team for helping the show and all of our sponsors for helping the show to continue. Thank you so much. Check out facebook.com backslash Desperito team for more information and videos. And uh, stay tuned next week. we got a wonderful show coming up. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye.